Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Let's roll, baby. Not the outcome that I think any Giant fan wanted here on Saturday night. I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. This was a first-round knockout at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles. And let's be perfectly honest. 38-7, the game was never that close. The Eagles were able to do whatever the hell they wanted to do for four quarters of this game. Whether it was the opening drive, whether it was the Ending drive, whether it was all of it in between, combined into one. This was men against boys. This was a giant team that, yes, was feel good. This was a giant team that in no way you should take away from what they did throughout this regular season and what they were able to do against Minnesota last week. But I want to admit something right here and right now. And I want to own this. I want to acknowledge this. Shame on me, shame on me, shame on me for thinking this game would be competitive. I saw the first matchup between the Giants and the Eagles, and and I got news for you. Nothing was different. Well, actually, I I should rephrase that. Something was different. The Giants were healthier today than they were in that game in early December, and it didn't mean shit. I, I, I mean, let's call for what it is. This was a team that was thoroughly outclassed across the board in this game. I think Miles Sanders just ran for another 15 yards. 
I think Boston Scott, who always seems to score against the New York Giants, I, I think he scored another touchdown. They own the line of scrimmage. The quarterback, as brilliant as he was throughout the course of his regular season, did not play well tonight. He was skittish. He had happy feet. He could feel that eagle pass rush. I got news for you. There are a lot of other quarterbacks that felt that eagle pass rush over the course of this year. And I love Brian Dable. Brian Dable is the NFL coach of the year. Brian Dable did a magnificent job in coaching up the Giants all season. Brian Dable had a bad night tonight. Can we own that? Can we acknowledge that? Brian Dable had a bad night tonight. Early on in this game, and it didn't matter, because at the end of the day, the Giants were giving up 30-plus points, and they couldn't score, and they couldn't win at the point of attack. They were losing anyway. But I just want to point this out, because I think it's worth mentioning. Fourth and seven, and you know me. I am Mr. Go for it. I am team analytics. I hate kicking. I hate punting. I hate all of it. I really do. That was a hideous decision to go for it. That early in the game, where the Giants were on the field, it's what, fourth and seven, fourth and eight? Pump the ball. Live to die another day, would you please? And at Dable in the fourth quarter, again, it didn't matter. But what is he doing at 21 points? Deciding that on fourth and sixth, I know Daniel Jones lost five yards on a scamper and he clearly should have thrown the ball away. But what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Deciding at 21 points, yeah, we're going to pump the football. We're going to surrender. That is not the coach I watched throughout the course of this year. So he had a bad night tonight. I want to make something clear though. As ugly as tonight was from a giant perspective, and it was ugly, you were whooped, you were outclassed, you were embarrassed. I mean, I'm hearing from Eagle fans I went to college with, they're mocking the Giants, they're mocking Daniel Jones. Like, listen, they have the, they have the right to do so. They lost to the Giants, or they beat the Giants, I should say, three times throughout the course of this year. You know, the Eagle fan could pound their chest, more power to them. They were the better team. But anybody's going to sit there and tell me, that this takes away from what the Giants did over the course of this year is a damn fool. What was the Giant Vegas number? What was it, in the sixes? That's number one. The team made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. And what, by the way, what are you thinking if you're the Minnesota Vikings right now? I mean, is that the most fraudulent 12 or 13 win team you've ever seen in your life? That is the most fraudulent team I've ever seen in my life. My God. I'd be watching that game with Kevin O'Connell saying, oh boy, we got a lot of work to do this offseason. Let me tell you. A lot of work to do. But the Giants had a great season. They got work to do. They got to take care of their quarterback. We know they're going to do that. But they got to get better. This is where we were at the beginning of this year. Like, I know people get carried away and they want to buy in. They want to dare to dream. Like, you know, I ran into a Giant fan earlier this week was talking about the Super Bowl. I looked at him. I go, you sure about that, bro? And I thought the Giants would be better than this tonight. But he's talking to me about the Super Bowl. I'm like, Super Bowl? Come on. Don't insult my intelligence. Please. Please. This is a bloodbath tonight. Great season for the Giants. Lot to feel good about. Lot to feel good about. Great building block. They got their GM. They got their head coach. They got their quarterback. Tonight was humbling. Tonight was humbling across the board. All right, let's lead it off. Calls galore. Bradley gets this going. 
It is a Saturday night, not a pleasant Saturday night. Bradley, how we doing, pal? JJ, yeah, it could be better, you know. I mean, tough night. I mean, I'm totally with you. Not Dable's best night. I mean, the couple things that stick out were obviously, you know, going for it early on the fourth and eight. And then later on in the fourth quarter, you know, rather than going for it, he, he decides to pump for it. But let's just, let's try not to take away like what Dable did this year. I'm totally with you. This was a phenomenal season. And as, as much as it stings getting beat by the Eagles again, it just it just should not like downgrade what a great year it was for this team. One hundred percent. And anybody who's going to tell you otherwise, Bradley, is not paying attention. This is a giant team that had no expectations going in. They exceeded every every expectation I had, and then some. And the problem is, you ran into a team that's just vastly superior. There is not. Let's be honest about this, Bradley. There is not one thing on the field the Giants do a better job of than the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, you tell me what, from offensive line play to defensive line play to what they have in the secondary to what they have at skill positions, there is not one thing the Giants are better than. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, I mean, the, the Giants lost in the battle of the trenches. They got owned by the Phillies' offensive line and the defensive line of the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles just had their way against our offensive line. That's what it came down to tonight. It was just, it was just like nine day, you know? And Bradley, you could see it from the opening possession of the game. When you watch the Eagles go right down the field and score with relative ease, you kind of knew it's going to be one of those nights. I mean, that was the feeling I had watching this game. Yeah. I mean, if they did, if the Giants didn't score on their first possession, like I, I, I just knew if they didn't do that, I just knew it was a long night right from the get go. But you know what? I'm going to just end it off with this. I mean, we have a bright future ahead of us. I cannot wait to see what Shane uh, does this offseason, bringing back some guys like Jones, Barkley. I can't wait to see what he does in the draft. But let me make no mistake, the Giants are back to being a relevant football team again, JJ. 100%, Bradley, and I'm glad that's your sentiment. I think you get it. I think you understand. The Giants were up against it in this game. Now, I wondered about the rusted Eagles. They were not rusty at all. I wondered about the status of Lane Johnson. He was an absolute beast. You could tell Hertz was a little gimpy. Didn't matter. I mean, when the Eagles are running for eight, nine, ten yards of carry, well, what does it matter at that point? All right, you know it's a big night in Giantland when this guy at 11.30 at night on a Saturday is chiming in to join us. The great Danny Heifetz, buddy. It's like old times. The Giants get their ass whooped and you're joining me on Spotify Live. What's up, pal? Oh, my God, JJ. Is this... Therapy or what are we doing here? I don't know. Well, I think it's a little, th- you know what? It's, it's a little bit therapy, but I, you're a rational, pragmatic, reasonable person, reasonable NFL media type and a reasonable Giant fan. Danny, nothing changes the Giant season after this loss. Like I'm seeing a few people on Twitter with the audacity to say this kind of puts a, uh, a, a spoiler on things. I'm like, please, they, they won a playoff game. They won nine games this year. Uh, this is house money, bro. They got their ass whooped. It is what it is, right? That's the thing. It's like, I think everyone's, I actually think you have anything you said. I think that the last caller, I think everyone has the right perspective. It's like, it's true. It's like, you're still walking out of the money. with You're still walking out of the casino with a lot of money in your pocket. It's like, again, this is a team a year ago. They were kneeling with Jake Fromm on third and nine because they were so, Joe Judge was so afraid that they were going to like take a safety against Washington before halftime. This was a team that was literally the laughing stock in the league. It was the worst. I mean, a hundred losses in ten years. I it was it was just an absolute disaster. And like again, they had to flush almost a third of their budget, sixty million dollars this year, 
just to reset from the Dave Gettleman era. This was a throwaway season. And, you know, it's funny in retrospect to go back a year and tell yourself a year from now, well, not 53 weeks from now, you're going to be like, man, I really thought we'd be more competitive to make that NFC championship game. You know what I mean? It's like a fever dream. So on one hand, you feel like a little ungrateful, but in a way you could convince me this was maybe a good thing to kind of disillusion everybody of there is still a long way to go with this roster. And that was what the season was. Originally. I think that's an excellent point, Danny. Excellent. Excellent point. This now is a wake up call for the giants. You had a great first season. You got a GM, you got a head coach, you got a quarterback that you're going to take care of. And he deserves to be taken care of. But reality is hitting home. The difference between what the Eagles ran out there from a roster standpoint and what the Giants ran out there tonight from a roster standpoint was night and day, dude. It was so eye-opening on the offensive line, in the secondary, at skill positions. I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, tell me where the Giants are better than the Eagles. I mean, you tell me, bro. You know the NFL well. Where are they better than the Eagles? Nowhere. I think the Giants probably got an extra set of chains at, the, at their stick. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Too shy. Too bad. I was hoping that I'd be able to blame this loss somehow on like, you know, you know, an inch from the chain. And I got to tell you, JJ, I don't know how to blame this loss on the chains. No, I mean, listen, if you can figure that out between now and tomorrow, I'll let you have a redux. You know, I'll give you an opportunity for a mulligan like you're playing the first hole with me at Silver Lake Golf Course. So I give you that breakfast ball, bro. I'd be happy to do that. You know, the, the negative, though, Heifetz, aside from the outcome, and, and you know me, I love Brian Dable. He's coach of the year. He's had a magnificent season. Dable did not have a great night tonight. I, I mean, the contradictions, what was he doing going for it on fourth and seven, fourth and eight? And then 21 points, he decides I'm not going for it. I was like, coach, what are we doing here? Yeah, it was inconsistent. I think that, look, everyone's allowed to, you know, he, he, he choked. Like, obviously, it wasn't the right game plan. Obviously, that, like, you know, he, I think that the, the real tragedy, I think the thing he'll actually be upset with himself about is an inconsistency from the way that he, Coached all season, I think that, if anything, a strength of his was that, you know, the way he won that Titans game in week one was very similar to the way he won that Vikings game last week. And this was obviously a departure from that. It was a little bit like tilting. I think you could tell the game was slipping away, though. And the problem was this game was always going to depend on the Eagles leaving meat on the bone. The Giants were not going to beat the Eagles unless the Eagles contributed a little beating themselves. They just didn't, man. That, they did the opposite. Dallas Goddard's making the one-handed touchdown. The crazy thing was I actually thought the Giants had a chance. They just... Even when they were down 21 nothing, they needed to get the touchdown before halftime to uh, cut it to 14. And it's like the Eagles just don't make mistakes. But, like, look, the Eagles, this is a team that had, I, I mean, they're, they're going to have the 11th pick in the draft. They might win the Super Bowl. This is a team that's been plotting for years to build a, an offensive line where they can lose Landon Dickerson, that guard, who they drafted like 37th overall as a second rounder. He gets hurt for a few plays. They replaced him with Andre Dillard, who's a first-round tackle that they took, who's washer. They're backup guards on a first-round tackle. Like, this team is insane. And so, who's our guard? Our starting guard's Mark Lewinsky. You know what I mean? We, we got John Feliciano. Love these guys. Nick Gates is a great story. But it's like, <laughs> we got a lot. Like, Fabian Moreau's our cornerback. Like, these are cool guys that we've picked up. But, like, these are – Giants have a long way to go until you – you know, the Eagles are the deepest and best team in the entire conference. And – you know, they got a lot of work to do. Hi, Fitz. Let me throw this at you. Is this comparable? And it's a better first year than what Sean McDermott and his crew had in Buffalo. But do you see the parallels and the similarities? The only difference is that team knew they were taking a quarterback in the first round. 
They knew they were taking a monster step back. I don't think this Giant team is of the mindset that they're going to take that dramatic a second-year step back. You know what I mean? I think it was very – well, we'll see. I mean, you got to remember, again, while we're sober here, that the Giants had the easiest schedule in the NFL. But well, it will get trickier. Listen, they play the AFC East next year. That is not going to be a picnic. They, I believe, play the NFC West next year. That means you're getting a game with San Francisco. You're getting a game against the Seattle team that already beat you this year. So you're right about that. The schedule this year was advantageous from a Giant standpoint. But I don't the biggest you, Giants but, wins, though. But, Think about it. The Titans in week yeah. one, that was great. They yeah. rocked the Colts. That was the best they looked all year. They beat the Texans. Like that, you got to beat up on the AFC South. That was a big part of winning this year. It's- no, I get that. I get that, Heifetz. The only difference is we know they're not going and starting a rookie quarterback for 17 or 18 games. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so here, the point being, I think that you're right that the Bills, so in, in, when they hired, they hadn't had Brian Dable at the point, but when uh, the Panthers brain trust, they kind of went and they took over Buffalo. They had that first season where they're like, we're going to clean house and we're going to go from there. And they made the playoffs. They had a pathetic game against the Jaguars in the playoffs, but they made the playoffs and they cleaned house anyway. They got Josh Allen, they added Brian Dable, and then they became incredible. That's what I think they thought this season was going to be. And they went even better than they could have gone. The problem is that they played themselves out of any potential quarterback spot, right? So even if, even if Daniel Jones had not had a good season, they don't really have any other options, but he did have a good season. And this game against this Eagles defense shouldn't change that. So it's like, I, I think they're going to have to give Jones an extension. I don't think a franchise take makes sense. We can get into that if you want, but it, it, Jones will be back. Saquon. And then honestly, it's the defense. It's, we need to pay Dexter Lawrence. You got to pay Julian Love. Who's been fantastic, but there are pieces on this team. We have seven or eight guys who are like, okay, th- th- we have a core. It's a good place to be. I ask you this. They need to get more dynamic offensively. I thought that was so obvious watching this game as you're watching Richie James run routes and he's your most explosive guy that tells you all you need to know. That's what I mean, Danny. Think about that for a minute. So to me, is there a veteran that you like? I'll give you an example. A a guy like Hopkins. Is Hopkins a guy that you would target? Or do you think the Giants, to get more dynamic on offense, got to go and get themselves somebody in the draft? How would you handle that? Uh, I'm torn. It's a bad free agent year for free agency for receivers. And honestly, you have to overpay anyway. No, but what about a guy like Hopkins? You trade for him with Arizona. Hand when you say that, my brain goes two places. The first okay. place is, dude, you know how many quarterbacks have taken a leap when a guy like that, the quarterback, it's a guy like, you know, Josh Allen wasn't Josh. Well, I mean, we saw it with Allen and Diggs. We saw it with Tua and Tyreek Hill. That's why, like, that to me is like the blueprint. said that I'm torn because Hopkins is 30. The guy I think about a lot, actually, he's not quite as good as DeAndre Hopkins. Dude, if the Bucs are willing to trade Chris Godwin, if the Bucs are imploding, I would I would love Chris Godwin. He's not quite as good as Hopkins, but he, I think he's like almost five years younger than Hopkins. But having said that, I, yeah, I would go get Chris DeAndre Hopkins. The problem is that the Giants, you don't want to give up the first because he's 30. But like, you probably have to give up more than a second because someone else will give up a higher pick. So we'll see what they would have to give up. But they got to do something, obviously, because it's like, I, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> Kenny Galladay is going to get cut. And then you're suddenly stuck with, I mean, Darius Slayton, who they wanted to cut in August and they couldn't because so many injuries. Like, there's, I don't want to be dramatic, but there is literally not a single player on this wide receiver core that the front office thought would be on this team next year. I guess we got Wandale Robinson coming back, but that's it. Isn't that insane? And yet you're playing in the divisional round. And that's why at the end of this day, Danny, as crappy as this game might have been, And I know it sucks. The game was not competitive. You didn't have an opportunity to go nuts over anything. You're going to look back on this year a day from now, two days from now, three days from now. You might be doing it tonight with me, for goodness sakes. 
and say, you know what? This is a really fun ride. And no matter what happened here Saturday night in Philadelphia, the Giants are back. They are absolutely back. I completely agree, JJ. It's like, like this is the beginning of a new era. It's not the end of anything. It's, 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 it's good to kind of get your ass kicked, but higher expectations. Hi, Fitz. It's always good hearing your voice. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I hope you're riding Buffalo tomorrow as big as I am. Uh, make some money that way because Cincinnati is the most square bet on the board. Uh, and, and enjoy, bro. I'm sure we will spend plenty of time over the next couple of weeks. We'll get in the lab and we'll try to figure out how the Giants improve upon this team, my man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, JJ. And thank you, everybody, for listening to my uh, therapy. Uh, hi, if it's for you, anything. And I will see you out in Arizona for the Super Bowl, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun with the great Danny Heifetz, who does a fabulous, fabulous job. Bringer NFL. Um, he comes on with us all the time. The fantasy show. He's, he's terrific. Listen, I buy into good people. What can I say? If you're good, you come on the show. I, I don't have crappy people on the show. If you're bad, I, I don't put you on again. That's the way it goes. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Let's head to Kenny in Staten Island, who joins us. Hi, Kenny. How are you? Going on, JJ. Kenny, uh, listen, we love the Cobra, but Cobra clearly uh, had a couple of libations before that call. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's trying to do something to get over this loss, whatever it is it is. But listen, you know me as a Jet fan, uh, watching these teams in the playoffs, I'd sign up for, for uh, what the Giants did as a Jet fan any day of the week. I mean, Kenny, how could you not? They went from 4-13 and to 9-7-1 and won a playoff game. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Yeah, let's be realistic. Come on, the Eagles are the cream of the crop. You know, they 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 hit on all cylinders. You know, they played like they played the first two months of the season, and you know, it showed. Well, there was no rust for them, Kenny. There was no rust whatsoever. And look, now I think from a betting perspective, we are going to get a better number on the winner of San Fran and Dallas after what we saw from Philadelphia tonight. Let's be fair about that. Much better number. Oh yeah, and and you know, and t- tonight's game. The Eagles had to make me sweat. You see what I texted you? The over, I had the team total over 28. Oh, that's, I mean, can you imagine you had to sweat that out? Because the Eagles were just basically, you know, uh, they were basically fooling around and playing around the entire second half. They had no reason to score. Zero. 
28 points in the first half, and I I can't hit the over 28 team total. Thank God it hit. Needed that, but you know, I, like I said before, my team's never in it in January, so I'm a uh, I root for the money. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I gotta I gotta. Well, heads up, Kenny. I know you like the Bengals. I'm heads up with you in that game, Kenny. How did that line go from three and a half to five and a half? Now six. Explain that to me. I have no clue. That is a major jump, but. I just I didn't like what I seen from Buffalo when they played your team. I really didn't. Why, Kenny? I understand that. I didn't like what I saw from Cincinnati against Baltimore either, though. That that's the dirty little secret. Both of these teams look pretty lousy last week. They easily could have and should have lost. And and, and the other game, the nine games, it's a coin flip. I'm telling you, Dallas is going to give them hell in that game. Now I'm a big believer in. Listen, me too, because I think that's a field goal game, and I just have a funny feeling that's an instant classic. It's 24-24, and somebody's kicking away field goal to win it. That's the kind of game I think we're getting. That, and, and here's what I'm doing tomorrow with the game. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it down, two and a half, and I'm going to take the three and a half. I'll go for a middle. And you know what, Kenny? You have a great – let's be honest about this. That's the sort of game where you have a great opportunity in the middle of the game. Appreciate it as always. You can middle that game tomorrow with Dallas and San Francisco. I do not think it will be a route. I don't. Let's head to Alberto. What's up, Alberto? The Giants had no business pulling up to Philly tonight. No business. And that was the first time the Giants won a playoff game and didn't make the Super Bowl since 93. One in this voicemail is going to talk about how bad we should feel for them. Dolphins, Jets, I know we're in the same boat on this boat, but we know pain. The Giants fans don't know pain. That's what drives you banana. Well, Alberto, there's something to be said. Listen, there's something to be said for that. You know, I have a giant fan in my life who, you know, is talking about his like one-year-old daughter and his four-year-old daughter not seeing a playoff win. I'm like, please, you've seen multiple Super Bowls, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't know how you could, in God's green earth, throw that out in the air and try to sit there and tell that to me or you or anybody else out there when I haven't seen my team win a playoff game in 22 years. 22 years, JJ. Goodness gracious. And the Giants, I will repeat, have not won a playoff game and didn't make the Super Bowl in 27 years. And they act- and you know what, though, Alberto? This not right. You know what, though? It, it, that is an anomaly. That is not the norm. That's why those two Super Bowl runs, let's be real about this. They're all time. They're special. We're never going to see runs like that again. The idea that they come out of the wild card round and win four games like that and do it two out of four years is insanity. Absolute insanity. And that's why Tom Coughlin's a Hall of Famer. And that's why Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. You do it against the Patriots twice. Yeah. Listen, there is a spe- there, there is definitely a sense of if the Giants get in the playoffs, the fan base thinks they're winning the Super Bowl. Not everybody. I think most of you guys are pretty rational about this. But there are some delusional folks who do believe that. I, I absolutely think that's the case. I really do. Joey is up next. What's up, Joey? How we doing? JJ, how you doing tonight? Hey. Joey, I'm doing all right, man. We're hanging in there. What's up, pal? I was uh, I was optimistic but realistic going into the game. You know, you know how it is, right? I mean, we we got, and and as uh, touched on it at the, at the top, it's like, look, the, the lines just our defensive line and offensive line just got beat all game long, just terribly. And it, I think I think that was the biggest difference in the game. Um, we just we and you know and like you said, Dayball didn't probably have his best coaching effort. But like, look, 
just still optimistic going forward. That's for sure. Joey, how can you not be? Listen, your coach did a magnificent job all season. Your GM found a way to get nine wins out of this roster. Jones had the best season of his freaking life. The Giants had a great year. I mean, you step back and you look at it now. We're talking about the New York Giants who played in the divisional round of the NFL postseason. I know it's the Eagles. I know you can't stand the Eagles. I know they haven't won in Philadelphia in like 10 plus years. That sucks. Not going to sugarcoat it. The Giants down the road are going to have to get through this team. They're going to have to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And you even look this year, as good a season as the Giants had, they went 0-2 against Dallas. And let's be real, they were outclassed in both of the Cowboy games. And they were 0-3 against the Eagles. And they, I don't care about Week 18. Couldn't care less. Means nothing. Played a bunch of scrubs. Who cares? But the point being is, they got outclassed against the Eagles. That's the measuring stick now for this franchise moving forward. They got to get better in this division. Much, much better in this division. Roster's got to get better, too. All right, let's head to uh, Johnny, who's up next. Johnny, take it away. How we doing? Hey, so I got two uh, points for you. The first one's quick. Uh, so in week 17, before DeMar Hamlin got tragically hurt and collapsed in the field, that line was minus two and a half Buffalo. So in this round, why is it Buffalo minus six? I understand the Bengals lost their offensive linemen. But Joe Burrow led a worse offensive line last year to the Super Bowl and should have won it last year. So why is it a three and a half point difference? Ah, uh, it's a good question. Well, the betting public is on one side, and yet the odds makers are more than comfortable to keep jacking up the line more and more and more. I think it's eye-opening. I think it should tell you something. I think you should be aware of it. That's number one. And number two, John, I know Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl last season. I know his offensive line was not very good. He did not go up against a front that is as good as what Buffalo is going to provide. Tennessee was a good front, but they also had Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So when you combine front, and you combine the opposing quarterback and the hostile environment and the emotionally charged scene that you're going to have in Orchard Park, that's why the line is what it is, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean, John? Like, Vegas, let's be real about this. Vegas does not make these lines by accident. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are a lot of smart people, odds makers, who know a lot more about this stuff than we do, that are sitting in a lab, that are making these lines. Because remember, they want action on both sides. That's why they set a betting line. They want to get people betting on both sides of the aisle because if they get that money on both sides of the aisle, they are making a profit guaranteed. So like, that's why like, anytime people are like, oh, well, what is Vegas doing? What do they know? They know a lot more than Joe Public who's sitting on his couch drinking 10 beers and stuffing his face with potato chips. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hear this from people. Oh, well, what's Vegas know? What do they know? Well, a lot more than you, for starters. For starters. Oh, yeah, man, like 100%. I was looking at the Chiefs line earlier, like, why are they only eight and a half point favorites? And Oh, that was cruel. Like, like, let's be honest on that one, Johnny. That was cruel. I mean, that was, I had Kansas City, and, and I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to drown in my sorrows, but my goodness. I mean, Mahomes getting hurt, and then the end of that game, they needed one first down. It felt like you were dying a slow death there watching the end of that game, you know? Oh, God, man. Yeah. So my last little uh, point is uh, I normally only call in for uh, Yankee stuff. I'm a Saints fan. I don't normally listen to the Giants stuff, but I want to say something to the Giants fans. This team, as the Giants did, 
as a Saints fan, reminds me of the 2017 Yankees and the 2006 Saints. As in teams had no business whatsoever making the playoffs, much less winning games in the playoffs. And they have a runway. I, I think there's one difference, though. I, I understand that point about the house money with the Giants. Here's the difference, though. The Yankees, you actually could imagine winning a championship. They're up 3-2 on the Astros. The Saints that year, if I'm not mistaken, lost that Minnesota Miracle game. They could have won the Super Bowl as well. A little bit different. This Giant team didn't have a prayer against the Eagles. Didn't have a prayer. Let's head to Charlie and Elmhurst, who's up next. Hi, Charlie. How we doing? Uh, yeah, it could have been a, uh, probably the worst day that I could hope for, but I'm mean, hanging around there trying to like be optimistic. It was a reality check scene watch this Giants team. I mean, especially from the right off the gun with the Eagles drive, opening drive. I think that set the tone. It's like, oh, that's like... Well, Charlie, I mean, that and, and then the way the Giants were blocking and the fourth down, just absolute joke that you saw. And listen, this was not the quarterback's best game. This was not the head coach's best game. And uh, the talent level and, and the gap in talent between the Eagles and the Giants could not have been any more eye-opening, period. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they were not in the same class. I mean, just like, I think at this point right now, at this moment, it's just so it's so fresh, so it's very disappointed. But, you know, like, a couple week, week or two at the end of the season, like, you know, the Super Bowl, I think we look back to the season like, hey, I think it's a good building block. Uh, Charlie, I think you're looking back on it right now and saying it's a good building block. And this is an hour after this game, for goodness sakes. I would. That's just being real, bro. That's just being real. And final note, yeah, I mean, uh, Eagles can't say fans say whatever they want. Uh, they kick their ass. But one guy cannot say anything. It's the, the Yankee manager. Can you shut up? And You know, I did see that. I did see that with Boone this week. I mean, but you want to talk about a guy, Charlie, and I know he's a big Eagle fan, so I give him, I'm going to give him credit for this. He's not being phony. He's not being fake. When in many cases, I've seen Aaron Boone be a complete phony every which way. He's staying true to the team he roots for, but he's not exactly doing a good job of trying to win over a fan base that absolutely hates his guts. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yes. Improve, stop being a fan of uh, whatever team you root for. And Yankee fan hates, hates you because you stink as a man. Well, you know what, though, Charlie? If he managed well and he rooted for the Eagles, we wouldn't care about it. I, I think Aaron Boone's got to worry about doing a better job as Yankee manager, for starters. That, that's more my issue. He wants to root for the Eagles, more power to him. I actually admire the fact that he's being real about it, but, you know, it's going to piss some people off. I'm well aware of that. Uh, let's head to uh, Scotty, who joins us here on this Saturday night. Scotty, what's up, babe? Scotty. Jay, that loss was inevitable. Let's, let's, let's put it out. Yeah, you know what it is, Scotty? Like, there are games you lose sleep over. I, I wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep over this game if I were a Giant fan. My team got their absolute ass kicked. What are you going to do, you know? Ask him. I'd rather have them lose this game than lose a game like they did against the 49ers back for two where they blew a lead. Yeah, where they break your horn, it's trade junking. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one you're not sleeping after. I'm well aware of that. True. And look, uh, Chief, uh, I'll say one thing about the one more thing about the Giants. I'm just, look, I'm happy. We had a great, look, we had a good year. A great year, matter of fact. This roster had no business being in that game, let's be honest. You know, I think there's a lot. I, I think we definitely need a better offensive line. We also need some linebackers. These giant linebackers couldn't tackle shit. 
and Chris Collinsworth and that and that Chief game, I thought he was going to go and blow Patrick Mahomes like after the game. I thought he was going to pull his pants down, and give him the old, you know, I, oh my god! I mean, you're supposed to be a national broadcast, but. Well, listen, I have, you know what? I tweeted about the NBC broadcast earlier today and it had nothing to do with Tariqo and Collinsworth. I actually like those guys. Listen, Collinsworth, the, uh, Collinsworth gets a little over the top and I had him for that Dolphin Charger game when he basically was doing the same thing to Justin Herbert and I couldn't take it. I couldn't stand it. Um, my bigger issue with NBC, what are they doing in the studio? Dungy is, Dungy is an absolute stiff and then he's going to have inappropriate tweets Get his ass out of there. Then you got Garrett, who's got like that jester smile. He gives you nothing. He's awful. I, I can live with Chris Sims. Take it or leave it. He has some outrageous shit to say, but at least he's got some personality to him. If I am one of those NBC executives, and I, you know, listen, I don't run an, uh, a television network. Maybe at some point in my life, that'll be a venture for me where, you know, they bring me in as a consultant. I'm a good viewer of sports. I know who's good. I know who stinks. That studio crew, and I compare it to Fox, where I watch Bradshaw, who's funny, and, and I got Sean Payton, and I got Howie Long, and straight. I mean, I'm watching all those guys, and then I'm watching NBC. He's got a zillion dollars, and the best you can do is Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy. Give me a break, man. Holy shit, that is a terrible studio. Even CBS is better, even though I only... Oh, absolutely. Now, listen. See, here's my issue. Now, here's my issue with the CBS crew. They got a little too much old man football in there, and, and they could liven it up a little bit as well. But I like their studio. I mean, their studio is Marconi winning compared to what you have at NBC. NBC is a disgrace. And I don't know what Tony Dungy's tweeting. You know, I think he's a great head coach, Tony Dungy, but he's definitely, I mean, he's been on there for a He stinks. I mean, he was putting us, he put Al Michaels to sleep last week, Scotty. Come on, man. Yeah. I like, you know, I'll defend Tony Dungy as a great coach, but he's not a great, he's definitely not. Amazing. Oh, enough, enough, enough of Tony Dungy and Jason Garrett. Please, please put us out of them. Put us out of our misery. I'm watching that halftime today. I'm like, guys, can I get an update on Mahomes? Please? No, I can't. I can't. I mean, there are like, think about this for a minute. I want everybody to understand this. There are people worth, so much money making these decisions about who's on the air at some of these places. Just like, let that sink in. We're all football fans. You know who's good. You know who's not. When that's your halftime product, man, if I were an executive at NBC, we're having a nice little sit down and we're going to say, you know what? We got to be better than this. I'm sorry. We got to be better than this. Sorry to go all Andrew Marshan on you, but my goodness, when I see bad television, I call for what it is. Let's hit the Lee. He's up next. Hello, Lee. Let's hit the Lee. He's up next. Hello, Lee. Hey, JJ. How you doing, man? Lee, I'm doing all right, man. We're hanging. What's, What's up? up? Good. Uh, since this game was pretty much over after the first quarter, and that's all right. Like They were the better team by far, and they had so much more talent. I started looking at what next year's going to look like and just thinking of the three players that have the most cap space on the team. And I'm curious your thoughts on who's staying and who's going. Galladay? Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson. If all three of them go, there's another 23, 24 million in cap space next year. Out of those three, is there anyone that you think they hold on to for the numbers that they're at? Out of those three, Adoree Jackson's the most important for them. But he's an aging corner. We know this, Lee. They got to get better at linebacker. They got to get better in that secondary. 
Their corners were not up to par this year. But we all knew that. Listen, Lee, the Eagles are tweeting out, thank you for James Bradbury. If you would have told the Giants on May 9, 2022, when they released James Bradbury, that they'd play him in the divisional round, everybody in that giant locker room would have laughed. They would have been like, absolutely, positively, no chance. Zero. Oh, and they and they tried they tried as hard as they could to keep him. They just couldn't make the math work because of everything that happened with Gettleman. So it wasn't like they were dying to get rid of him. No, they got rid of him because they had no choice. Exactly. They liked him as a player. They couldn't afford him. They that's the thing. The Giants never in a million years thought they'd be in this position where they'd be contending, they'd be playing in the postseason. Listen, I'm with a bunch of guys. We watched the game tonight. You know, we're laughing about the fact when we had this Daniel Jones spot at the beginning of the year. Listen. I, I heard from some people, what are you going to do when he gets benched? What are you going to do when he's not the quarterback in week eight or week nine? Like, that was conversation. Listen, I, I heard it from people. So, like, that was the narrative, and that was the theme with the Giants for a good chunk of this year until they started winning games. So things changed. They accelerated this rebuild. They have changed the feel and the narrative on where they're going as a franchise. Now, where they go from there is going to be interesting. That's the question. A hundred percent. One thing, I, I, one thing, last thing I want to say is, let's not jump to thirty million a year for Daniel Jones either. Well, I, I be see Lee, be careful with that, bro. Because if you let Daniel Jones go to the open market, look at the quarterback position in the NFL. Lee, think about how many quarterback needy teams from Carolina to Washington to the Jets to the Colts. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You realize, Lee, you know what Ryan Tannehill makes a year? More than that. Closer, exactly. Closer to $30 million a year. Who would you rather have right now? Daniel Jones or Ryan Tannehill? Uh, Enough said. Adam is up next. He joins us. Let's take a couple more. Adam, how we doing, baby? Doing well. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak. Uh, Oh, Adam, my pleasure. It's good hearing your voice. What's up, dude? I think I know, if you gave if you gave uh, the Giants front office a truth serum before the season, they probably would tell you they were two years away from contending. So, as a Giants fan, you got to be ecstatic with the result of this season, and most of all, you got to be ecstatic that you probably have a a top three NFL coach in the in the league. Uh, I'm not willing to say he's a top three coach. And I like him a lot. And, and I think he's going to be the coach for the Giants for a long period of time. Not fair to put Brian Dable as a top three coach in the NFL yet. You know what I mean, Adam? Can I can I see him over a period of time? Like, Bill Belichick has something to say about that. Andy Reid has something to say about that. Doug Peterson, who has won a Super Bowl and now has gone two places and has won. He's got something to say about that. So, like, you got a coach. Uh, top three, I'm not willing to go that far. You got a coach. I'll give you that. He he made Josh Allen elite. He coached the recklessness out of him to a certain degree. You saw that this year with Daniel Jones. You know, J- Jones passed for what three thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions, limited his mistakes. Let's 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 think about Daniel Jones before we commit to him for five years. I mean, if he could do that to Daniel Jones for as bad as he looked, you know, and obviously you got to consider that Jason Garrett was leading him. You know, for, you know, for, you know, the, you know, two years, two years in the past. I mean, it's a big upgrade between him and, and Dayball, but what could Dayball get out of Derek Carr? What could Derek? <laughs> yeah, but you're not going in that direction. Adam, why, why do you want Derek Carr? That is a lateral move if you're the Giants. 
What does that tell the rest of your organization? You think Derek Carr is that much better than Daniel Jones? I don't. I think he has a higher Why? ceiling. Why? 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 Well, hold on a second. Who is Carr throwing a football to this year? And who is Jones throwing a football to this year? That's very fair. I mean, Jones very, was throwing to Isaiah. I mean, Jones was throwing to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. Can I see what he can do with some talent around him? But you, you see this with like, you know, the, the, the Dolphins are in this kind of precarious situa- situation as well. If, if you commit. Well, I got no, I, Adam, I got news for you. I got no issues with Tua. Tua is good. Tua can play. He's got to stay on the field. That's the biggest problem with Tua this year play like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. The numbers back that up. Before anybody's going to mock me and say, oh, JJ waving the pom-poms, go look the numbers. Go look the numbers. If the guy plays, he's productive. So I, I would say with Jones, get him some talent, see what he can do. I'm not giving him a five-year contract. I'd try to give him a three-year contract. Listen, the NFL, it's all monopoly. Let's be honest about this, Adam. It's all monopoly money anyway. So if you have him committed for the next two to three years, are you okay with that? Yeah. You have to be. Adam, listen. And if your answer is no, good call. Where are you going? And don't tell me Derek Carr. Like, no. No. No, 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 no. The Giants have their quarterback. And I'm not just saying that because I like him and he's a really good kid and he's a hard worker and he played his balls off this year. I want to see what he can do with talent. Let's take two more. You know it's a bang when the great Jeff Money joins us. Money, the floor is What's up? Hey, it's about time I got a backdoor cover. Well, listen, Money, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You got a backdoor cover. I got backdoor misery. How about that? It happens. happens. And then we were both, the only game we were on each other with the uh, family play, we got, we got racked. Well, Jeff Money, I don't know if you felt this way. After the opening drive, I said, man, I made a big mistake in this game. Big, big mistake. I know. I know. It's just horrible. Then we got to 21, nothing, then 28. And then we, then they teased a little bit, maybe 28 to seven. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll have a little bit of, you know, better. See, you thought we were getting a tease. I never thought we were getting a tease, Jeff Money. You got more optimism than I do, bro. Let me tell you. More optimism than me. Uh, Look, the Giants had a great season. The Giants have a lot to feel good about. They went into this game against an angry, ticked-off team that was rested, that was ready for them, and the Eagles sent a message. Sirianni sent a message. That offensive and defensive line sent a message. Like I said, 38-7 was the final score. Money, you and I both know the game was never that close. It was never that close. I know, I know. And I, like I said, out of the four games, I like that one the best, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, then we got, you know, now we got tomorrow. Now I know we're, uh, we're against each other on both games. I mean, money, you gotta be petrified that that Bengal line has gotten up to six. I mean, you can't feel good about that, can you? I don't love it, but at the same time, I don't know. I just feel like being, I just feel like they can uh, hang on. They're going to keep it close, you know, even though it's in Buffalo. I just really feel like they're going to keep it close, like to maybe like a three-point game or something. I know you probably feel more of what? Like how much you think the Bills are going to win by? 11 to 14 points. I just, I'll tell you what my issue is, Money. Cincinnati is destroyed on the offensive line. Cincinnati is not very good in that secondary. And I'm getting the emotional angle of Buffalo. I'm getting a dominant front seven. And I think you're going to get a much better game out of Allen tomorrow. I think Allen is going to be on his game. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be, you know. And money, you're going against your Cowboys tomorrow. I can't believe it. Yeah, remember, we had to pick all the games. That was my weakest pick, but I, I just don't like That's the hardest game of the week. Listen, money. Now, listen, I'm 0-2 to start the divisional round, so take it for what it's worth. That was the hardest game of the week for me to pick. San Francisco and Dallas. Yeah, even when I came up with San Francisco, then I thought about you. I said, all right, you did 
pick against, right? I'm pretty sure you did pick against your Dolphins, right? Was it that? I did, but I didn't love it. And honestly, I, that was one of those games I just didn't want to lose a game on Beningo because I knew he was going to take. You know, at 14, I, I, did I think the Dolphins were going to be in that game last week? Uh, no, I did not. They showed me a lot of fight and a lot of heart, Money. They really did. You know, listen, I'll be, of course, absolutely, I'll be rooting for my Cowboys tomorrow. I just feel as a betting perspective, I just feel like the the, the edge goes to San Francisco on that one. But, you know, hey, I, well, of course, I'll be loving it if they can upset San Francisco. You know, I go way back in the, uh, you know, Dwight Clark days and everything where I would love for the Cowboys to stick it to them in San Francisco. You know? Well, listen, Jeff Money, one of my favorite games of watching the NFL is that 94 NFC title game. Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Emmett Smith, Ricky Waters, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. There's something special about the Cowboys and the Niners playing in the month of January in a postseason game. I love it. I think that will be the game of the weekend. I think that game will live up to the billing. And like I said, I'm investing the Niners to win the Super Bowl. It's telling that I'm going against them here in this particular game. I think the line says so, and I think the game is going to be super tight. Field goal game at the end. That's my personal take. Listen, I know some Giant fans are really ticked off. Sleep on it. When you wake up Sunday morning, you're going to say, holy smokes, my team made the playoffs and won a playoff game. When our over-under was six and a half of the year. Let that sink in for a moment. The Giants are moving in the right direction. They got a coach. They got a GM and they have a quarterback. Now it's time to go to work. Good job by Stefan. We will have a short Sunday pod. We'll post mortem Giants, all the divisional round. Championship Sunday will be set. No days off for this crew. Sunday, it's midnight. Still rocking. Still rolling. That's what we do around here. JJ out. Enjoy your weekend. Sorry, Giant fans. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.